Cool Boys Central. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. We'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just the young boy. <gasps> so cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. Greetings, Schoolboy Nation, and welcome to an impossible installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. Woo! This is not a podcast difficult, Ballard. This is a podcast impossible. Wow. The list is in the open! <laughs> That's how he says it, right? Yep. The list is in the open! I'm Ilsa Faustfelk. Okay. And then the first day of shooting, Tom, what did we do? We jumped off a building. Yeah. <laughs> And we jump off, and he just looks at me in the Tom Cruise kind of way, and he goes, Welcome to Mission. <laughs> you said it to all of us. <laughs> I remember my special day, too. And I'm Benji Dunn Ballard. Uh, so cool. <laughs> that was not easy, but uh, I did it. Cool Boy Nation! Our third HIV-infected cool boy, Ethan Hunt Nolan. Wait, that doesn't even work. Will no, it not- doesn't. But he was finally going to get a super cool name, and he didn't, he didn't show up for it. Cool story. Because Nolan didn't see the movie. This episode, we'll be discussing the Mission Impossible franchise. So we will forgo our most popular and current segment, Cool Boy Updates, <laughs> and get right into Mission Impossible Fallout Vegas and all the fabulous boners it has given us. That was a reference to the video game. Video game, yes, 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 yes. But first, it's News Cruise for some cruise news time. <laughs> We're going on a news cruise. Snip, snip, buzz. Oh, much better. With some cruise news. What? All right. Hey, Felk. Well, you have a little link here for us to click on. Go ahead and click on this link. It is from Vulture, and it is 22 Unsettling Nice Tom Cruise Stories. And I figured, let's wet our Tom Cruise whistle with a unofficial Top Buns episode and look at some stuff that Tom Cruise did that we could not believe or are unsettling. In order to do my job, I have to ask myself, who is Tom Cruise? What is Tom Cruise? Why is Tom Cruise? When is Tom Cruise? Did you know he taught Zac Efron how to ride a motorcycle? Yes. He mentioned it on a episode of Graham Norton, which I watched. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. He's actually my favorite late night guy, because even though he's British, Graham Norton, he's, he's fun. He, uh, he, he gets the guests drunk, and he doesn't just pander to politics the way American hosts do. It's pretty apolitical, and it's just, like, entertainment and fun. It's a fun show. Yeah, I love Graham Norton. But Zach and, and Tom were on there, and they were they were basically, like, comparing, like, being badass, being, being badasses to each other. And what all, were they like, on the for? What, what movie? They were on for different movies. Oh, cool. Because he does oh, nice. that. He puts people on uh, different, different things. I know. I know. He, he brings on, like, he'll usually bring on, like, three different uh, uh, things. Like, he'll have someone from, like, a British show, and then, like, American actors, 
from a, a film franchise or American actors from two separate films, along with like a British comedian, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, I love Graham Norton. Mm-hmm. What's um, next? Falk, did you know he helped Mummy co-star Jake Johnson get in shape? No, I don't give a shit about Jake Johnson. Very cool. All right, well, the next one is that he stayed in touch with the kid who dropped out of Jerry Maguire. Oh, Before Jonathan Lipnicki, there was another kid set to steal the show on the Jerry Maguire set. He spent a few weeks filming, but after a certain point, he ran out of gas. That's what Cameron Crowe said to, de- uh, to Deadline. He wanted to leave the production, so the role was recast with Lipnicki. And, of course, Lipnicki says some of the best shit ever, especially when he wants to go to the zoo. Let's go to the zoo. Ray, the zoo, you know, fucking zoo's closed, right? <laughs> You're shit, fuck. Yeah, like, like he, he has, like, all those little facts. Like, you know, a human head weighs eight pounds. A human head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> Do you know a human yes. vagina can take... 37 pounds of pressure before it tears. Yes, I love that part. That was my favorite part of the movie when they were at the uh, gynecologist and for some reason they brought the little kid with them. Okay. I didn't understand it. Um, he got ripped, by the way. You know, you know, Jonathan Lip- 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 he's, he's Oh, like, yeah, everyone knows this. Okay. Everyone knows this. Everyone from 2006. All right, I'm sorry. That. It's not a Jonathan Lipnicki news cruise, is it? It's no, a, it is not. It's a Tom. The next one is right. is he gave Kanye West advice on his fledgling comedy career, but declined a role in Kanye's HBO pilot. I didn't know Kanye had a fucking fledgling comedy career. I think his entire persona is like a com- comic character. Um, the next thing is is that Tom, he's a good sport on set. Did you know that? Yes. Wow, how unsettling is that? How unsettling is that, Phil? He's a good sport on set. Uh, Tom also convinced the Black Eyed Peas to do a song for Night and Day. I never saw that movie. He's self-described as a big fan of the Peas. The next Tom thing that's so unsettling is he totally did not get mad at Cuba Gooding Jr.'s dad when he asked about his sexuality. Uh, Tom Cruise, he gave Kevin Pollock a $500 pen and then a second pen. Wow, that's unsettling. (laughs) I think Kevin Pollock has probably sold that pen by now. I hope so. Uh, Tom Cruise personally arranged for Bill Hader to leave a set and get home to New York after an attempted bombing in Times Square. Which he set up just so he could be that nice to Bill Hader. Uh, So that's what? They're connected through Tropic Thunder, right? I have no fucking clue. Was he in Tropic Thunder? I think Thunder? Bill Hader was his uh, his assistant, his executive assistant, his EA. Um, Tom, he rescued a family from their burning sailboat. That's badass. That's like fucking Harrison Ford levels badass right there. Like Harrison Ford was saving people with his helicopter, like okay. hikers stranded in Montana. Tom, he helped rescue a victim of a hit and run and paid her medical bills. Sounds like you may have hit her and then ran off, Tom, allegedly. Probably. That is, that is like the Scientology thing that like you don't have to admit guilt, but you have to take responsibility for it. So if you wrong someone, you have to write it, but you don't have to ever like let them know that you were the one who wronged them. That is a, that is an actual thing in like their court. Not tenets. bad. Not bad. Tom saved a pair of his littlest fans during a crowded red carpet. A seven-year-old and a 13-year-old almost got trampled at the West End premiere of Mission Impossible. And Tom saved them. That's unsettling. Um, he never forgets Dakota Fanny's birthday. That's odd. That's yeah, that's a, li- that's a little creepy. That is a little creepy. I guess she's 18. She's definitely 18. L. El- Fanning's 18. So Dakota's oh, got to be. Like, what, 21 or something? What? She's got to be up there. Yeah, she's got to be up there. At least her 40s. 
It is sad that she got replaced with a different fanning by Hollywood. They're just like, we need a new fanning. You're, you're, no, you're no good no more. Uh, Tom, he bought his publicist's daughter so many wedding gifts. So many. Uh, Tom, he sends Kirsten Dunst and Jimmy Kimmel a cake every year. Uh, not necessarily for their birthdays. That's kind of odd. Tom, he gifted his lawyer a rare book of English history. Cool. Uh, Tom has maintained a friendship with Billy Wilder in his director's last years. Tom, he got Cameron Crowe back into directing. Um, Tom released Jessica Chastain from her Oblivion contract so she could star in Zero Dark Thirty. Tom always takes his kids' calls, even in the middle of a scene. Tom bought W. Earl Brown, Elton John, Billy Joel tickets after rehearsal ran late. Whatever. Uh, he danced to Young Jock on BET. And that's it. Great. Wow. So unsettling. Well, let's get into the fucking shit we're really here. So, so someone and tunes in for a uh, Mission Impossible 6 spoiler cast, and they get to hear about 22 nice, unsettling, nice Tom 22 Cruise things Tom Cruise has done. All right. Spoilers from here on out for Mission Impossible Fallout. And the prior five Mission Impossible movies. It's time for spoilers. So quick cool boy rating of the past films in the Mission Impossible franchise. All right, Felk, real quick, Mission Impossible, the first one. What do you give it? Three and a half, boys, out of five, boys. Um, this was one of those movie experiences where everything clicked and gelled in the audience, and that vault sequence uh, was absolutely just so tense, so suspenseful. Seeing it a second time, it loses all of that. But it was that first time, it was something to behold. A lot like the way Lost World had the um, uh, Julianne Moore's character on the glass of the RV hanging off the cliff. And it's breaking under her fingers as she's moving ever so slightly. That kind of level of tension, I definitely got that from this scene in Mission Impossible. How many um, boys? For God's sake, just give me the damn number! Four out of five boys. Okay. And, and that's only because... The TGV scene, the Très Grand V, very quick and fast. Uh, the train the sequence at the end. Fourth time you said that on channel. this podcast. The channel is amazing. The helicopter, the train, all in the channel. Everybody out of the channel! My three out of five is because when I saw it when I was, I don't know, like 13 or 14, I guess, uh, I, I did not, I could not follow it. It was a very confusing plot that does not give you um, enough to fully understand why Tom is doing things. You know that he wants to do things, but you don't know why. Yes, I remember that, Felk. Uh, very few movies as a child, I remember like seeing them and going like, wow, that was hard to follow. That Mission Possible was absolutely one of them. That was the like, first. Was, that was the first time I was in a blockbuster movie, yeah. and it was just like, what's going on here? I needed like three viewings to really understand Max. What is it, Maxine? <laughs> I don't have to tell you what a comfort anonymity can be in my profession. <laughs> It's like a womb blanket. Right, moving on, because there's six of these. Yeah, Mission Impossible 2. Fucking love this movie. It's five out of five because it started Tom Cruise's love for stunts, like legit stunts. He, did, he oh. actually did, he did like uh, jumps and, and dangerous shit in, the, I think the first movie, I may be wrong, was The Firm? That he did dangerous stunts in? He was, yeah, he was suicidal. Really, no, not hanging on cliff sides with like, you know, one one catch wire. No, he got a, suicidal a in that movie. You. That's yeah, because he was divorcing like, Nicole Kidman. 
and he had himself. That's great. That's why. No. Because he had himself pulled on cables to be slammed into, or maybe it was two stunt guys, just slammed into each other from two motorcycles running at each other. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, this is a crazy thought. I just got this idea. But uh, what if when Tom jumps off of the bike and when they're both coming at each other, if right before, and this is just something that just flew in my head here, if he turns to camera and goes, this mission, it just got a hell of a lot more impossibler. Boom. Then you do the hit. Mission Impossible 2, I will give it two boys because it is a mess of a movie. It is a John Woo movie first. There is the the the, the whole scene where he first meets Tandy or Thandy Newton is there is weird slow-mo as they eye each other from across yeah. the fucking weird party. There's transitions of like a red uh, Spanish dancer that like is yes. screen wipes it's Love it. so fucking tacky so fucking like over the top the oh, movie is john a cartoon woo westernized it's barely west it's just it's a straight john woo it is and it, it bears other than the use of masks there is no resemblance to the first film think about this I love his hairs in, longer. In the first Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise's character, Ethan Cunt, never fires a gun. He points a gun a couple of times, but he never even fires a single shot in that movie. In Mission Impossible 2, he is dual firing pistols while diving through the air <laughs> yes! And, and, yes! and shooting pistols yes! while like turning yes! around on, on motorcycles. It's like these movies don't exist in the same universe. I love it. I love we have the exact same points, but I just see so much five out of five boys in it and you just see only two out of five boys in the exact same thing that but final fight there's there, okay there's not, it's not even the final fight but there's a part where he's escaping from the villain and the a, a villain henchman pulls a gun on him tom cruise is running at him he does a, a slow-mo backflip kicks the gun out of his hand and it's lands amazing. and like i think that was just tom cruise is like i can do a backflip that was. It was improv that day, for sure. Yeah. The mission took him. It's where the mission took him, Felk. Felk, I love how the motorcycle and the motorcycle chase at the end. By the way, the motorcycle chase at the end is a great chase sequence. But I love the motorcycle chase at the end. Tom's motorcycle changes from street tires to dirt bike tires once he gets on the sand. I love it. It's amazing. And I don't, I'm pretty sure that's continuity. That's not, an, that's not a continuity error. That's on purpose. That was his mission bike. Now I know why you want to hate me. Yeah, and it also Mission Puzzle 2 has Fred Durst, Limp Biscuit. It is Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. And, and Hans Zimmer does the score, but there is a particular track. I I don't know if it's actually Hans or not, but where. Uh, Tathandy Newton is is stealing that shit out of the bathtub and she keeps like getting on top and then underneath Tom and like these like uh, awkward situations. It's like porn music. Do you mind if I'm on top? Huh. Either way it works for me. Listen to that music oh. again. It's 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 like it's like Boogie Nights level like 70s right. porn music. I swear to God. Mission Impossible 3. Okay, this is this is gonna be a little bit of a surprise here. Stellar villain. Fun plot, uh, TV movie too much, three out of five boys. I couldn't believe I was watching Tom Cruise in a TV movie. Okay, that's because, the, believe it or not, this guy, J.J. Abrams. What? Um, his name was J.J. Jeffrey Abrams? J.J. Abrams. He's going by J.J.? 
I believe JJ. I believe it's pronounced JJ. 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 JJ, are you going to go for home from school? Are you going to go to swim class? JJ. Yes. Everyone who listened to our episode with Corey will, re- will immediately reference. They're like, oh, man, we're doing a deep cool boys cut. I love I love those. Roll the tape, Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> 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 Jeffrey Abrams sounds way more like an adult professional filmmaker than J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams seems like somebody needs to be like picked up from daycare. Did you get J.J. yet? <laughs> Get my son JJ. He should not have. Cha- yeah, JJ. He uh, he he should have he should have uh, kept that. JJ, you have a good school day. <laughs> oh, cool boy nation. Pardon the interruption. This is the Noli Syndicate trying to break into the cool boys. So grab your Nautilus disc and hold on to your chimera, because I'm coming to shove a rabbit's foot right up your fucking Russian ass. The Noli Syndicate is hacked in. He's hacked in. Hacked into your mainframes and all your hardwires and all your firmwares and all your hard drives. Well, you can you can contribute to this part. We're 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 in the middle of rating the prior films in the franchise. We oh, you through, haven't got your ratings yet? No, we we just did yeah. you know one and two, and now we're on three. So if you want to give us a quick cool boy gay rating for Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Two. Okay. Mission Impossible 1. Uh, 5 out of 5 cool boys. I said 4 out of 5. I said 3 and a half. Mission Impossible 2. 5 out of 5 cool boys. Possibly 6 out of 5 cool boys. I said 5 out of 5 cool boys. <laughs> I said 2 because I think it's it's way too John Wooey. That's why I love it. Mission Impossible 3. 4 out of 5 cool boys. I said 3 out of 5 boys. I will give Mission Impossible 3 4 out of 5 cool boys. It is JJ still directing like it's TV. But Wait, 3 4 what? I'd give th- Mission Impossible 3 four oh. out of five cool boys. Oh, four. Because even though JJ is still transitioning from TV and he still direct he just directs it like it's an episode of Alias, that set the precedent. And now the next four Mission Impossibles are consistent in style and tone. No random yeah. slow-mo and doves, no weird dress transitions. <laughs> That's true. Wait, you got bad robot. That's what you no got. More, no more on. cars locked together, just spinning out of control. While you cars don't do stare. that. Yeah. They do when you stare and you're Tom Cruise. When you're Thandie Newton and you're Tom Cruise and you stare at each other, that's what happens to cars. So Felk just listed all these reasons why he hates Mission Impossible 2, and the entire time I was like, yes, yeah, no, but that's the reason I love it. Like, that's everything. Yeah. Like the, the dual pistols, fucking the slow-mo, the kicking pistols out of guys' hands. The fact that it's, not, it's not a sequel to Mission Impossible. All of no, it. It's the long thing. hair. It's thing. The stunts, the bikes. See, what I did like at first was how Mission Impossible is the first three, actually the first four, they are all changing styles. Then the fifth yeah. one kind of came along, and it's like the fourth one. So now they've locked into their style. I kind of appreciated at first how they were changing, like, tones every movie. No, the third one to six are, are pretty much one franchise. And the first two are, like, weird, bizarre director-centric See, entries. I don't see it that way, and I don't want to get into any spoilers because we're not at, at Fallout yet, but I would say... That um, the third one is a weird tangent that uh, that like a TV movie, like a special, like a, like a Christmas special, and then I would say the fourth one is a prologue to uh, a trilogy set up by uh, Rogue Nation and then Fallout and whatever this seventh one will be. I just mean in tone and general directorial style. Yeah, the third yeah. one I think is a really fun movie to watch. It actually has like no plot. Like you don't even know what the rabbit's foot is. Like Tom Cruise is like, who is Carrie Russell? He just like has to go in and rescue her. Then the movie just sets in a. Fu- it's like a huge fucking chase scene, 
and like has like no finale really. It's a weird movie, but it's it's highly watchable, very enjoyable. It also has a weird laugh break in the uh, when he's leaving the hospital and it's playing like whatever that like uh, R and B like golden oldie song, and he's like sprinting across traffic. Security channels jammed. Hunt must be holding down the transmit button. <laughs> The reason I think I, I give it that extra half boy, bring it up to four, is you see Tom, I believe he runs a mile in real time in the end of that movie. Yes, and you know how fast he gets? Really fast, probably. 17 miles per hour. They clocked him at 17 miles per hour. That's now, as fast people, as a raptor. People Almost can run 23 miles per hour. I think some people have been clocked at 28 miles per hour. But 17 miles per hour for you know, a 50-year-old man... Like, that's pretty impressive. Whose stride is about we, a foot. We clocked the Tom yeah. Cruise at 17 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. You have a Tom Cruise? You have a Tom Cruise? <laughs> you have a Tom Cruise? <laughs> All right, so for Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, I give this five out of five boys. I saw this IMAX. It blew my fucking mind. Um, everything in Abu Dhabi was incredible in IMAX. And I love that we got real fucking stunts I've never seen. Him running on the fucking Burj in paparazzi photos. And then I got to see it. And fucking on screen, and it was amazing. Yeah. You see the photo of him, yeah. like on the actual top. It's not even in the movie. Just like he went to the top of the needle with a helicopter, just got on the on the on the top and had him take a photo, just for yeah. fun, just to fun. be Tom. Funsies. Just so five Tom. out of five boys for me. Uh, for me, it's a four and a half because after Burge, the movie's worthless. I love the red fucking sand, fucking dust storm chase. That's awesome. Okay, right after that, right when they go to India or whatever it is, and there's like. Uh, the fucking finale in a car parking lot? Like, what the fuck is that? I yeah. did not mind the garage parking. I it's thought that stupid. was dumb. Uh, everything up, there's a, the memorable thing, the Kremlin with the iPad, and then the, there's the Burj uh, Khalifa. Yeah, the and first half everything is amazing. Else is completely unmemorable. I do not remember the plot. I don't remember the villain. Dude, uh, the plot's like a Russian guy, a Russian agent steals a nuke or something, and uh, who knows? That's also the one that introduces Alec Baldwin, I think, and I was like, I don't like him. Yeah, you hate Alec Baldwin. Baldwin residence. No, this is Billy Baldwin. If you want Daniel Baldwin, call his extension. Stupid. Hey, Alec, do you know what sucks about being a Baldwin? No. What? Nothing. Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, you missed me. So I have one issue with this movie. One. Five or six? Out of, out of four, out of, uh, of a, go, a ghost protocol. It's just simply, they show the nuke landing in San Francisco Bay, and then they cut to the entire ending is in Seattle. Like, off, like, that pissed me off. That was kind of a weird cut, yeah. And they're kind of like, they're talking about like how it happened out in the Bay, and you're like, wait, what? But it's like really clearly Seattle, so it's very weird. No, it's, it's Pike's Market. Anyways, okay, Rogue Nation, guys. I'll be fucking fast on this one, too. Five out of five. It was fucking Five out of what, five. It's, it was it's one of my favorites. You really like Rogue Nation that much? I don't remember Rogue Nation at all. I oh dude, it, the, the motorcycle chase is it's the amazing. best motorcycle chase in any Mission Impossible. All right, well we I, I let's just say the things that are referenced. I can't spoil uh, Fallout too much, but the things that in Fallout that references Rogue Nation, I was like, was that guy in Rogue Nation? I don't remember. I didn't remember anything from Rogue Nation. I just remember Rebecca Ferguson has a pretty nice face in a good body. 
but I don't remember the action sequences from, from Rogue Nation. I need to rewatch. You don't remember Rogue the Nation. underwater stunt? I do oh, remember okay. that. I do remember that. Do you remember the sequence. opera sequence when he's fighting the dude on the catwalk? No. And like they're all the snipers are aimed at the Archduke? No. Not remember really. The car chase where Tom's driving backwards for reels with Simon Pegg in the car and they're smashing into shit. And I want to rewatch around. it. Yeah. I want to rewatch it. I, m- I might have just gotten bored during the screening. I don't. I don't know. I thought it was the weakest of of, of the. Oh, it's a great ending too. It's not even like a big ending. It's like a small ending. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, with the team all coming together and trapping the guy. It's a really cool ending. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one I haven't yeah. seen in theaters. The only problem with that movie is it has a great intro that's just cut short really fast. Like, you just did this huge stunt for what? It's like they Tom pulls no a ripcord and then just fucking it goes into the flame in the title sequence. It's like, what were you doing there? I think they had no ending. That was the least experience of the director's. Oh, well, I love Christopher McQuarrie's like directing style in that movie. Everything's so clean and fluid. I could tell exactly what was happening the whole time. Yeah, uh, I need he, to rewatch. Well, he it. only done before that Jack Reacher, and then before that The Way of the Gun. Way of the, the Gun, way I love. Gun. But uh, Way of the Gun's an amazing shootout at the end. Yeah, he was a yeah. writer. That's him for All Brian right, cool. Finger. So we know about that. Now let's get to six, so I can sign off and uh, go hack some more mainframes. But you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Oh, I hacked the mainframe tonight to hear the boys. So I'm breaking precedent here. Oh God. Mission Impossible Fallout, for me, is six out of five boys. Oh, wow. All right. Well, for somebody who's obsessed with precedent, that's disturbing, but I'll assume it's between <laughs> five. Uh, I can explain it real quick in a, in a little story. Just a little quick Ballard story. I had to piss. <gasps> when I was a baby boy Ballard. Not the bees! Ah! This is everything. Ah! I was a baby boy Ballard just a few weeks ago watching Mission Impossible Fallout. I grew up on this. I grew up on this moment. And right before the last trailer, I got this urge that, oh, shit, all that soda I just drank is going to come out right now. Uh-oh. This is a two and a half hour movie. I checked real quick because, you know, I'm looking at my phone right before, you know, the movie starts. Oh, fuck. So I end up sitting there, right? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, the movie's about to start. Oh. I'm sure at the end of the first act, I can get a moment to go piss. Ooh. The movie starts. Ooh. End of the first act, beginning of the second act, end of second act, beginning of the third act. It didn't matter where I was in this movie. I couldn't leave. I, I couldn't, couldn't leave. leave. It was so good, and it had me from the beginning to the end. It had me. I forgot I needed a piss. I'm a man. Did you say it had you at hello? Just shut up. You had me at hello. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> I will give it five out of five. Wow. Cool boys. Wow. I think it is the wow. best Mission Impossible movie. It is absolutely the is best. Is it Mission Impossible E? Yes. Yeah. It is the most Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. And even Christopher McQuarrie said that he practically started making this movie with no script. He had pretty much an act one and act three, he had no act two. He built the act two completely around shooting. He. He didn't even know locations. They said, where, where do you want to shoot this? He said, I don't know. You find me a location. I'll write a scene. Then they went and found locations and wrote scenes. They were constantly building this movie. The fact that Tom broke his ankle actually was a good thing because then they went into editing and were able to actually like work on the film for like uh, for weeks at a time before deciding to go back and like actually go shoot again while they had Tom you know, resting up and healing. It was, a, it was, it was this perfect storm. And he made what ended up being this perfect film because he had no reshoots. He said literally they did pickups on like 3% of the film, and that's it. The whole movie was shot in the can pretty much from the get-go. And they had to cut action. They had to even cut action, yeah. Um, well, cool. I've uh, successfully hacked you guys tonight, and I know you guys both loved it, and so I will be seeing it shortly. Can't wait for your opinion. 
Yeah, I wasn't gonna go like let you guys get like six episodes without me, so I had to hack tonight. Had to hack in. You hacked us. All right, buddy. Dun, 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 Fing Graham steps and shit and goes dun, shit. Dun, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Johnny, can you play that audio back? <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> shit. Yes, it is. Shit. Is it kangaroo shit? Yeah, I think so. Oh. That's right. Yeah. You guys have fun. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a successful hack, Hoopoy Nation. That rabbit's foot is deep up my ass, and the chimera is in my fucking throat. Oh. Take that, Russian nuke. Take that indeed. Oh, god damn, my dick is so engorged. Okay, let's get more into Fallout now. So, Felk, um, starting at the beginning of this situation, I want to find out how you saw it. Did you see it in IMAX or just regular? I saw it in Dolby Atmos. Oh, okay. So I got 26% more crews. Oh, good for you. Dolby Atmos was 235, the entire movie. But it was projected with lasers. So mine was actually IMAX film, the full, you know, top to bottom IMAX. Like mine, but was it and, film uh, or was it digital IMAX? I think it's film, and it's uh, downtown San Francisco. That's the AMC. And it was, it was pretty much the stunts you would think it was. It was the halo jump, the Paris car chase, if I recall. It's been two weeks. Um, the London rooftop foot chase and the cashmere helicopter chase. I think those were all IMAX, and that was it. Get ready for more action. Suit up. More impossible missions. I'm sorry, what? And up to 26% more picture, only in IMAX. You interrupt. Hmm. <laughs> Mission Impossible Fallout. Experience it in IMAX. Rated PG-13. Did you like Ethan's stunts that were in IMAX? Like the Halo jump? Did you like that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much of it was green screen and how much of it was Ethan Hunt. It was all real, but they digitally mapped out Dubai and then fucking put Paris underneath it, and it looked weird. Hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure Henry jumped. Yeah. But I, um, because I, I, I'm pretty sure that was a stunt double. Um, but, uh, uh, that was a real halo jump with Tom Cruise. Okay. So it almost felt like, what was the point of it being a halo jump? If you're just going to digitally take out what's below him. I don't know. I mean, you could have done that on a green screen. I wouldn't known. It was tight though. When the fucking lightning bolt struck and it hit Henry Cavill and almost Tom Cruise. And then you're like audio went out and you're just falling. That was cool. That was a cool scene. Tense as fuck. It was great. Uh, the Paris car chase, I fucking loved it. I loved the what if beginning we got. You know, that I, was that, like. That was the only thing. That was the only flaw was there was too much like imagined shit. Like it, the movie opens with a dream sequence and then there's scenes of him like picturing how it could go. I, 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 I thought there was a little too much like this isn't really happening in the movie. But other than that, it was pretty much flawless. Did you know that that uh, uh, dream sequence was actually filmed? at this thing called like Midgard Sound or some shit. And uh, Midgard Sound is a, is a helicopter ride away from this thing called Lake Wanaka. Did you fucking remember that by any chance Lake Wanaka is mentioned in Mission Impossible 3 when he's at the party in the beginning and he's listening to his wife talk to her friends? She goes and gets on the chopper that takes off from the lake. What was the name of that lake? Lake Wakanada, Wakanda. Lake Wanaka. 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 
Thank you. He heard that? How did you hear that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, that's from Mission Impossible 3. And it, okay. it so it's like a little it's not a it's not a, a an Easter egg, but it's a great accidental reference. So they actually took off from Lake Wanaka to get to Milford Sound to film the dream sequence. No, I did not know that. Pretty cool. I liked it. I thought it was a cool callback. So there's only two callbacks really in the movie that Christopher McQuarrie actually put into the film. Um, the rest are all by chance, by coincidence. The two were the book with the tape reel in it, the beginning when he gets the, his mission. That's a callback to the TV show, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yes. And White Widow being Max's daughter, which is referenced uh, when she's doing her speech. And she talks about her mom, and then she says, Max. Or is it Maxine? <laughs> I don't have to tell you what a comfort anonymity can be in my profession. It's like a womb blanket. The rest of the shit that happens in the movie that people are claiming are like callbacks or Easter eggs of callbacks, they were all not, not intentional. So stuff like the fake broadcast... That's a lot like the beginning of Mission Impossible when they yeah. have, like, Dimitri or whatever. That's very similar, but that's not on purpose. That's an accident. Um, the fake hospital... It, it also implies that uh, Wolf Blitzer is currently on a credible news source to begin with, and uh, he's not. Well, okay. That being said, they also did a fake hospital, and Mission Impossible 2 did the fake hospital scene where whatever it was, or Dimitri again, or is it all, all the Russians named Dimitri? I can't remember. But, like... Actually, isn't, isn't Dimitri Tom Cruise's name in Mission Impossible 2? It seems we have a problem, Dimitri. You keep calling me Dimitri. You really shouldn't. You are not Dimitri. Oh, that's right. That's Ethan's Dimitri. Yes. Okay, whatever. That Russian guy, the Russian scientist... He's in a hospital, right? And it's a whole face mask reveal. So it's multiple times we get face mask reveal. We get, you know, we get the Russian uh, uh, dude that's played by Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible One right, face reveal, and it's like Tom Cruise in the beginning. And then, in, you know, second act, you get the uh, face reveal from the Russian scientist being, you know, Tom Cruise again. You know, you know, and he's tricking Brendan Gleeson's character. Um, the other one was villain fooled by a mask. That also happens in this movie, but it's not on purpose. A direct callback to Mission Impossible One when he fools. Claire with uh, uh, John Voight's mask, yeah, and he pulls it back. That's the same thing, except this time, who gets it? Benji gets so, yeah, it. Yeah, Simon Peck. That's been three films in the making, Felk. Three films in the making. That actually got me. That actually surprised me. I, I did not expect that to be a twist, and it was neat. I loved that. Also, Henry Cavill drops the f bomb in that scene. He's like, you always make it so fucking complicated, which is like almost a great reference to the movie. I like that it was a callback to the Halloween line. That's when he realizes that uh, Henry Cavill realizes that he's been had. He's like, IMF, mm. it's Halloween, grown yes. men wearing <gasps> masks. And he realizes Yes, so it. Be a grown men wearing Halloween masks. Because masks, masks work, Ballard. That's the point. Their methods are good. The last callback that I recall also was the free climbing at the end. Uh, a lot of people are saying that's a call back to Mission Impossible 2. I say that's a stretch. <laughs> well, I mean, as much as like the fact that Tom Cruise runs in this movie is a call back to all the other times he's run. Like, and yeah, far he and can, away. <laughs> he can run. He can climb. Those are his superpowers. Right. And yeah, they that's use it. them to this movie. Uh, I mean, like, well, the villain of this movie is also the villain of the previous movie. So it's like. Well, yes and no, right? He's not really the villain. Henry Cavill's the villain. We just don't know that. Yeah, Henry Cavill's more of the villain of this film, which is great, by the way. I loved it. He's excellent. 
he was fantastic in this movie. He's a wonderful actor. He is a a a pleasure to watch. Um, he even had some bad action faces when there's like moments when he's shooting, and if you like just catch frames of him, he's just doing this like weird O face, and you're just like, what? Oh, but like, oh, I love oh, it. I love oh, the weird O oh, face. Oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> I, I, he, yeah. Even the haters of Man of Steel and the other films have to acknowledge at this point, it's not his fault. He's a good actor. He could even be a good Superman. He could be a good James Bond. He can be a good evil James Bond. And he just, he got the unfortunate Batman v Superman stick. He did. He did. Uh, he drew the wrong cards, unfortunately, in that situation. Um, and I hope he doesn't get, you know, let go from DC so they can, like, you know, re, you know, boot Superman. But... I love him as Superman. I think he's fantastic. So we're talking, obviously, about August Walker, who's introduced to this movie. He's the Hammer. He's the CIA agent, special activities operative. And he's now, you know, being represented by the new CIA director, Erica Sloan, played by Angela Bassett, who replaced Alan Hunley, who's Alec Baldwin's character from the last movie, as that was literally how the last movie ended, is that he stopped being the CIA director himself and became the uh, secretary of Mission Impossible, whatever the fuck. That means exactly. IMF. Impossible Mission Force. That's it. That's what it means. Actually, the um, only time anyone's ever said Mission Impossible in the Mission Impossible film series is Anthony Hopkins in Mission Impossible 2. You mean it'll be difficult? Very. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's Mission Impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. This is a good line, really. It's a great line. So since we're talking about August Walker, Henry Cavill, all that shit, Falcon, we mentioned Justice League, we have to bring up now the stash, the mustache. Did you like the mustache? You know, if he didn't have the mustache, the movie would have been fine, too. I love the mustache. I love the mustache is what is almost gives him a ways of villain early on. He is the twirly mustache villain. Do you love that mustache knowing that it ruined Justice League? The mustache that ruined Justice League, it was worth it for this six out of five fucking boy movie. Because yeah. Justice League, I, I, I don't even think if Justice League did the reshoots with no mustache, I don't think it would have been better. Because, like, apparently on the Empire podcast, it was mentioned by yes, Mr. Yes, McQuarrie that they tried he to make tried them. everything to accommodate uh, Justice League. Justice League was willing to do it. Apparently, it was going to be a $3 million budget that Warner Brothers was going to be willing to cover and, and pay for the $3 million that would require to have Henry Cavill's mustache filled in for the Mission Impossible film. Paramount stepped in, the execs up at the very top, and were just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? No, 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 no. He's not shaving his mustache. No. So that's what happened. Well, um, digitally, so, it's a lot easier to add a mustache than it is to remove a mustache, was the point. It sounds like Paramount executives were at least, to some extent, trying to be dicks. And it seems like the filmmakers were at least trying to like salvage the films, the, the two films together. But the mustache fucked Justice League over, whatever. It was great in this movie, and he looked fantastic with it. He looked so good with it. Did you? Looked, did you? Did you, when you? When you walked, when Baby Boy Ballard walked into the theater three weeks ago, did you know Henry Cavill was going to be the villain of this movie, or did it surprise you? Um, I think the marketing materials practically threw it away. I, I mean, you, they showed him being chased by Tom in the fucking yeah, helicopter. Yeah, and he's like shooting back at Tom Cruise, so I, I, I imagine he was the villain. Yeah. Um, I always wondered if it was going to be more of like villain by, you know... Uh, he's chasing Tom because Tom's on the run again. And, and then by the end of the film, they're both friends. I didn't realize it was going to be a big, like he's actually twisting his mustache type of villain yeah. until he handed Angela Bassett a non-broken phone. When he handed her a perfectly fine phone, when we saw that the phone that quote unquote was Ethan's phone was broken, 
it made it very clear to me right then and there that he was the villain. I mean, they flat out tell you, I think, in the second act that he's the villain. Yeah. So it's it's not a movie that hides it. It, it really d- doesn't. And it didn't surprise me too much when, like, I thought the big reveal was him, like, acting to the villain of the last movie. Like, hey, man, we were on the same team. But, like, I, I, at that point, I was always already like, yeah, he's he's lying to set up Ethan. So, yeah, uh, let's put it this way. the the If he had been a good guy. The mustache would have been all wrong. I still would have loved it. It was very Selleck. I could have gone either way with the mustache. Um, he played, obviously, the character, the real John Lark, uh, not the fake John Lark, which was, you know, part of the... the oh, is Apple he really Park. John Lark? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, he's the real John Lark. Yeah, he's the real John Lark. And the, he works with the Apostles, which were the remnants of the Syndicate. Um, when I was listening to the movie in the very beginning, the very, very beginning during the mission brief, you hear John Lark's voice and I could have sworn it was Henry Cavill's voice with a British accent. So I almost knew then that he was he was the villain. But as I as I heard uh, in the Empire podcast, they actually hired a British actor to play that role. So I'm not sure if they're being cheeky or not. I still think it might have been Henry Cavill's voice. Hmm. I think so, at least. But I mean, let's let's talk about the nitty gritty about Henry Cavill. That fucking bathroom fight mm. was awesome. It was. And I, I see you, you're mentioning a movie called uh, True Lies. Is that a... Yes, the it, notes do show True Lies. Is anyone famous in that movie? I, I don't think I've seen it. You don't see... Oh, what? You should see True Lies. It's really good. Yeah, tore it off. So, Fels, which is better, True Lies or MI6? Which uh, is the better here, bathroom okay. fight? Here's the thing. True Lies is possibly the best movie right now currently not available on blu-ray the reason why i mentioned that mentioned that discrepancy my is mom's favorite movie by the way because even on dvd that's that's cute <laughs> that's a good choice actually not, not really a mom movie um she loves it is is that movie has a lot of very visible not arnold stuntman and he, the, he, wait does it even the in fight? the bathroom fight it's just like him, like, uh, uh, and it's like, it's clearly not him. It's clearly not Arnold. I see. I get sucked into the magic sometimes and I miss things like he that. He was 48. Like, and like, yeah, okay. He falls off the horse and slams his back into the, the, the roof of that building. Of course, of course, a 48 year old millionaire is not going to fucking do that. That's a stunt man. But there's shots Tom where Wood. there's shots in that movie in the opening chase where he's like running and he just kind of stumbles when the dogs are chasing him. It's not, it's not Arnold. He wouldn't even do like, I stumble in the woods a little bit. (laughs) He wouldn't even do faking punches and faking getting punched in a bathroom fight. Uh, And Oh, you know who absolutely faked every punch and every slam into a wall, Tom Cruise. He absolutely did. So are you taking the MI six bathroom fight over the true lies bathroom fight? Okay. I don't think you get the MI6 one without True Lies because I feel like there was inspiration there. But sure, ultimately, there as a executed sequence, yeah, Mission Impossible did it better because if you if if there ever is a high def, I think it was streaming on Netflix and it was a from the like one K master that they use for the fucking DVD. There's never been a true like I guess one K would still be 1080p. It was less than it was less than. It was less than 1080p. If you ever fucking watch, were able to watch True Lies at like good quality, you would be shocked by. I, and this is just me watching an upscale DVD carefully, like noticing it. You'd be shocked by how little of that fight 
is actually portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And probably the CGI wouldn't hold up either, you're right. I don't think there's actually CGI in the True Harrier Lies. sequence. That's not CGI. Yet. That that's that's uh, matting a life-size Harrier on a crane over shot uh, over real shots. Nothing's computer generated. I thought the Harrier was was done like on, on a crane, but like done like on like a section of a fake building that they put onto a, a soundstage. That's like no, that's not lot. CGI. That that that's it's a real it's a real. But they still built the the CGI around it and like removed the cr- and added the the exhaust and all that stuff, you know, and re- and removed the crane and like you know, added buildings in the environment. I don't. Well, that's that's like erasing things digitally. I don't know if that's really count. Like to me, counts as like true CGI. Oh, okay. So you're thinking, and like, okay, I'm not saying Independence Day. At least I'm not saying like that. Yeah, I, I agree that that like he definitely took live action elements and then digitally like enhanced them and composited them. That's yeah. how I see it. That sequence, I don't see it by like the way, Independence Day where they full on did like a Harrier digital model, yeah. you know, and then like just you know shot it in a fake environment. And that end, that in the Harrier, that's all Arnold. No, no stuntman there. Why? Because he's sitting down the entire action sequence. You're fired. In a, in a nice, ch- comfy chair. He looks great, too. He looks amazing doing it. But every, anytime he's physically doing shit, there's shots. Of, I swear to God, he's just running, and it's a stuntman. And, and, and like, so it's an app to compare True Lies, not just that one scene, but as a whole, really, to MI6, because it, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, mean, I think he was 47-ish, 47. Uh, Depending on his birthday, right? Yeah, so Arnold was 47 making that movie, and Tom is how old making Mission Impossible? He's like 60. No. Uh, he is 56, and Tom ran like a motherfucker. He took punches like a motherfucker. He climbed walls like a motherfucker. And yeah, I mean, in this day and age, you Jackman's face can be entirely CG over a stuntman for close-up shots of action sequences in... For driving. Yeah, just for driving in, in, in Logan. But Tom makes a point of like, this is really me. I'll break my motherfucking ankle just to prove this is me. Yeah. Uh, so, and by the way, the trailer shot they show of him breaking the ankle is, in the movie. is not the shot in the movie. Oh, is it not? The shot in the movie is over the shoulder. You jump with him. You still see him limping off camera. They, that shot you see from Graham Norton. Yeah. Because that was like one of the many playback shots they showed. Yeah. yeah. That is a real him limping off with a broken ankle. They put that in the fucking movie too. Yeah. And then the, and then like the next shot is like six months later with a healed ankle. Well, see, I wondered about some of that, too, because some of the stuff on the rooftop looked like it was he was still maybe struggling with the run. Because once he got to the rooftop in that London chase, it felt like there was like he didn't have as much steam that he had earlier in the film. And, and you know, I know that literally the film was shot, you know, wildly like in order. So, I mean, like and without script at times. So, I mean, he was probably healing when they were like, yeah, just do this run up here on the rooftop on this other half. We'll film another time because it almost felt like the cloud cover even changed like dramatically. Like Perhaps. Time of the year. I, mean, I mean, that could that could be just a week later, though. It was a nine week break, too, by the way. He fucking broke his ankle, and then they were able to figure out so much more of the filming, like I mentioned earlier, when, when they took a nine-week break. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Well, I love that shot in the movie. You go over his shoulder and you jump with him and you do the jump with him. You like, oh, it's so many times where you followed Tom coming at you head on, like the halo jump. Same thing with the London chase right before he makes the rooftop jump. You follow him head on and then the camera turns around and follow, you follow him from behind, you know, for a second in the rooftop chase and then you jump with him. And the halo, I think you fall behind him and then you get in front of him again when you fall out. You fall first and then he comes and puts his face right in the camera. <laughs> I love that shit. All right. It was awesome. Well, speaking of true lies, Felk, I have another reference for you. Mm. The final fight in this entire movie was a practical stunt work for the most part on a cliffside in Norway at Pulpit Rock. And that was the cliffside fight, which practically mirrored the cliffhanger fucking fight at the end when it was even in a, 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 a helicopter hanging off the edge. Remember, shithead, keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all. Oh, really? I, you guys, you guys value cliffhanger. You guys, both of you. Both me and uh, myself? And Nolan uh, value cliffhanger okay. much more than I do. I, I, I think it's Okay. Ah, you're breaking my heart right now. I don't know you anymore. You're breaking my heart. You're going down a path I can't follow. Cliffhanger is technically fine. It's technically fine, dude. You're jumping all over Rennie Harlan's grave right now, and like he's alive, stirring shit up. He's alive. Yeah, isn't he? It's a miracle. Well, okay, do you like MI6's cliffside fight more than uh, Cliffhangers? Yeah, I do. I like Burned Cavill. See, I don't know. It was Stallone and Lithgow going at it. Lithgow's a terrible villain. Is it a physical fight between John Lithgow, the villain, and Sylvester Stallone, the hero? Yes. Come on. That's supposed to be a fucking threat? Uh, Well, if you saw Trinity in Dexter, you would think he's a threat. Not physically. Well, and by the way, Cliffhanger did come out way before Dexter. So, and I liked Burn Cavill. I like I like that he got all the oil on his face, and there's that reveal where he turns and his face is all fucked up. Because I like oh, when yeah. really pretty people get turned ugly. You listen to Nolan. You, you listen, listen to Nolan. <laughs> oh shit! Well, he felt like a Bond villain to me. I liked it. Yes, but then he died, so he won't be back. He won't be back. You know, Felk, he died so bad that they blood splatted him on the rock. They made sure you knew he died. Yeah. Like, they put digital blood splat all over the rock when his body the, hit. The PG-13. This is a hard PG-13. This is this is a PG-13 that is PG-13 because Tom knows the right people in Hollywood. Yeah. That, that, because this, this movie, is, yeah. for all intents and purposes, could have been R. It, it wasn't only because there was no squibs, even digital yeah. ones. And it wasn't R because they didn't drop too many F-bombs. And that's about it. Otherwise, they got a little bit more money because they got everybody coming. So I loved it. So, Felk, do you remember we mentioned at Top Buns? I think it was Top Buns we talked about this. Did you remember that the photo we were talking about where Tom Cruise apparently went to Christopher McQuarrie after Rogue Nation was like, this, I want to jump off of this. No. And then they like, okay, they, well, this we talked about this. So... There was a photo. Dude, you think I remember one line from an episode for like like episode like 30? <laughs> I do. I don't. But please well, do. I, I don't please remember continue. everything. 
But this is something that's been in, something I've been worried about and thinking about. Is what is the stunt? What's the stunt Tom's doing? What's the stunt? What's the photo? What was the photo? What did he see that he told McHugh he had to jump off of this? It was the photo was pulpit rock in Norway, and it was that whole cliff scene they devised. Mm. So that was the photo. That was what Tom needed to do. Well, uh, speaking of the cliffhanger scene, we can't go any further without talking about cashmere fucking helicopter chase. That was awesome. Real Tom, real helicopters, soaring and flying and acting so cool, shooting some b-ball outside of school. Okay. Tom looked great riding in that motorcycle. No, sorry, that helicopter. <laughs> uh, I like that Tom, uh, they established Ethan Hunt, because I was like, wait, does he just know how to fly helicopters too? And then he kind of establishes, not really. <laughs> he was yeah. just like trying to figure it out as he flew. <laughs> All right, altitude, power, uh, uh. I like the part in the movie when Tom uh, was running for the cargo and jumped on it and then climbed up the rope and then fell. I actually thought that I was falling when he fell. I got that. Oh, I got that like, jump in my seat. Oh. And then I like the part when Tom <laughs> got doing? on the skis. And then I like the part when Tom threw everybody out of the helicopter to their deaths. If you're doing and an impersonation, like you're part- not interrupting anyone right now. So it's not entirely accurate. Yeah. And then, and then I like the part. When he was driving the, the uh, helicopter and flying it, and then he was going in and out of the clouds, and then and then he was fighting, having to fight Henry Cavill shooting at him with the machine gun. There's nowhere like near part. long enough pause between. I liked it when Tom, <laughs> uh, when Tom was, when he like, because it's like running. <laughs> Tune in to Batman and Beyond to see what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, that was really cool. The helicopter shit was awesome. So. Remember, like Nolan mentioned that the movie was cut down and there were scenes cut out of it that we saw in the trailers. One of those sequences was that this helicopter, he dipped it below the clouds in that sequence when he went down the clouds. Yeah. And like Henry Cavill's like looking for him. Well, apparently this was like kind of all cut together to make it look like that. And they did some digital work to have the helicopter come out of the clouds mm. because that wasn't something they shot. Um, what it was originally was the helicopter dipped below the clouds. When it got below the clouds, it hit a forest layer. It was in a roadway, and Tom was dodging cars before he almost hit that semi-truck where he pulled up and then pulled out of the clouds, at which point he got back into the chase yeah. with Henry Cavill. So that was a helicopter versus semi I just, sequence I, I in I the just how, like, fucked he was because it's like the villain's in a different helicopter, and he's on the ground, and he has to, like, work his ass off to get in, in, in one helicopter, and then he's talking to, to Simon Pegg, and it's like, and, um, great, what's her name? Uh, uh, Luther. No, the girl. Uh, Ilsa. No, the, other, no the, the girl on his side. Which, Julia Mead. Is that her character's name? His, his ex-wife? No, uh, the... Ilsa. No, the, Ilsa's not the spy. Is it, wait, Ilsa's her name? Ilsa Faust. Ilsa Faust is the, the the dealer, the villain, right? No, that's the White Widow. Oh, you never find out her name? No. So wait, uh, it's Rebecca Ferguson, okay? That's Rebecca what Ferguson, Ilsa Faust. I had no character. idea that was, okay, well. That's who you are, you're Ilsa Faust Feld. Oh, that's better, okay. I, I did not real. that's a weird name for a good character. All right, Ilsa. I yes, love it. Yes, he's talking to Ilsa, and, and and she's like, well, how the, how the fuck are you getting the remote if you're, if he's in another helicopter and you've got like eight minutes, he's like, I'm working on it. He says, I'm working on it several times. He seems like he had to really try in this movie. Yeah, I think I'm working on it. Could have been honestly McHugh just being like, I'm working on it. I don't know how he's going to do it because apparently he actually had no clue what to do 
And like people were like asking him, like, "What are you gonna do? Like, how are you gonna crash him in? Like, in front of another helicopter?" He goes, "Okay, I guess that's it." So then he ends up just doing that, right? He's like, "All right, we're just gonna crash the helicopters together. That's how it's gonna happen." By the way, that crash had me fucking on the edge of the seat because I was just thinking of that rotary blade just coming right into his fucking cockpit. And I was just like, "Oh, you don't want to hit that." Hmm. Fucking scared the shit out of me. He almost gets decapitated by a rotary blade in the first movie. Right after he jumps from the helicopter back onto the very big fast or whatever that train's called. Uh, the, oh, the, uh, the, yeah, he, the top blade. Yeah, the top blade uh, almost yeah. c- comes at him. So, like, he has a big problem with helicopter blades. <laughs> he does. Oh, fucking another callback. Unintentional. Maybe. Well, anyways. The other shot that was cut out of the trailer, do you remember the uh, fall he does in the trailer where he cuts the cable and he falls in the Grand Palais scene? No. That's a trailer shot where he like he's, he's it's like looking down at him and he cuts the cable and he falls and swings. That's another sequence they cu- cut out, apparently. Hmm. Um, they're, we're going to see these on the Blu-ray. Um, apparently, that's the that's what Christopher McQuarrie was rumoring. So who, who knows? The original cut of the movie was two hours and 43 minutes. And they fucking cut it down to two hours and 20 minutes without credits. Hmm. Crazy. But Ilsa Faustfelk is a great character. I love that she yeah. anchors this film into being the sequel to Rogue Nation. Yeah, And she it's does. her story that makes this, honestly, a trilogy if we get Mission Impossible 7 with Christopher McQuarrie. I guess. Because yeah. her character would be the trilogy. She's, like, in her act two right now of a three-act like act arc. I still see it as a series that began with with uh, Mission Impossible Three, uh, because I I really think it's a trilogy right now, starting with uh, Rogue Nation, going into Fallout, and whatever Seven is. I mean, Solomon Lane is the villain of Rogue Nation. I don't mind that. He returns to Fallout, and he's alive, so he's coming into the seventh film alive. However, they want to write it; they can write him dead in between, like he's assassinated in jail, or he's alive and another character to deal with Ethan Hunt until Ethan Hunt finally kills him. Wait, whose character is still alive? Who? Solomon Lane, um, the the, uh, the 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 prisoner that they have to break out. Oh yeah, I guess he doesn't. I guess he yeah, I guess he doesn't die. I guess he doesn't die. Somebody's because yeah. like yeah, because uh, Ilsa's whole thing was like I gotta kill him, and then the end she decides not to kill him and to save Benji instead. Oh, I know, but like you almost thought Benji died then, right? No, because she well no no I I knew I knew it was like that was her arc is that like because basically the movie starts with. Uh, Ethan deciding like, hey, I'm going to save my team member and friend rather than like definitely do what the mission says. And her mission is to kill Solomon. But she decides at the end, I'm I'm going to go ahead and risk not killing him. Although she put it just killed him right afterwards uh, in order to save Benji. So she has like she, basically she, her arc ends where Ethan's begins because she's kind of still new to this shit. Yeah, or well, she's not new to it. She's, well, she's like, I so guess, she's new compared to Ethan because she's in her thirties and she's like twenty years younger than him. She's an MI6 agent, but she's definitely new to the IMF world. Yeah, and that and their way of doing things for sure. MI6, you know, James Bond, they just fucking kill people. Dude, that's a good point. So she is, yeah. So she essentially could be working with a, a modern day Bond. You could connect this to the Bond franchises in way. Mm-hmm. If they if they ever had her, if any next Bond had Rebecca Ferguson come in as Ilsa Faust, that could totally tie this franchises. That would be amazing. It would never happen. But yeah. um, her character definitely ties this into Rogue Nation by simply Rebecca Ferguson's character, Ilsa Faust, being tied in with Sean Harris's uh, Solomon Lane, who's a great, great villain. He plays such a great, creepy villain. But, Felk, you brought up a really good point. 
you talked about how in our like prologue and like practically act one, you know, before the uh, credits even roll, mm-hmm. we have Luther played by Ving Rhames. He returns, but I'm pretty fucking far from okay. He gets raped. <laughs> he gets he gets raped in Pulp Fiction. You okay. No, man. I'm pretty fucking far from okay. But he almost dies being shot, right? And then Benji, done, right? Simon Pegg, he almost dies being hung in Act 3. Indeed. Right? And he returns. Mm -hmm. And then we have Alan Hunley, played by Alec Baldwin, who actually dies getting stabbed in Act 2. And it was Alec's suggestion. He was Good. like, hey, hey, can you just have me save Ethan and then die in the process? And they were like, great, sure. You want to die? That's great for me as a screenwriter. McHugh's just all, do, 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 do. We're going to write this death scene. Everything Alec Baldwin did in that movie apparently was Alec Baldwin's suggestion. You little piggy. <laughs> you better be there so I can tell you how horrible you are. That's on Tuesday the 3rd. He practically wrote his role in this movie. Oh, really? No. Well, um, I still find Ilsa Faust as to be one of the hottest people, and um, and I'm glad she returned. But oh, I'm surprised right. that Will Brandt did not return at all. Do you know the reason that Jeremy Renner did not return? The reason that they gave up in an interview was he's filming Avengers Infinity War. Well, <laughs> we saw Avengers Infinity War. Awesome. Where was Hawkeye in Fallout? Where was Hawkeye? Where's Where's Jeremy Renner? Is Jeremy Renner even alive? Felk doesn't give a shit, uh, Cool Boy Nation. But I'm personally worried about where Jeremy Renner is, and why was he Why was he not in Mission Impossible Fallout? Because he was supposed to be filming Avengers: Infinity War, and he was in neither film. I I really want to touch upon that fucking Paris car slash motorcycle chase. That was really tense. The whole process of stealing Sean Harris's character of uh, Solomon Lane was amazing. And that, and I really thought that that kind of sequence, that what if sequence, when you see Ethan almost kill a guy and then be forced to kill him, like I thought that was almost. I, first watching that, I thought that was the real scene. I was like, what? Yeah, is that's going that's on? that's why I think that's my least favorite thing actually in the movie is because I, I I wasn't I don't like when I don't know if something's really happening or if it's just this power might happen. I don't like that. Let me know if it's happening or it's really not happening. Well, but as okay, then how about this? As an action sequence, did you get into it once the real sequence started and you got to a point where, you know, Sean Harris, Solomon Lane, he okay. gets knocked into the river, yeah. right? And yeah. then Ethan's team pulls him out. Yeah. Put him in a boat. Yeah. Right? And then ride off and then they put him in a car. Yeah. At which point they get into a car chase. Remember that? At which point Ethan has to get into a motorcycle and it yep. becomes a motorcycle chase throughout uh, Paris. Yeah, the motorcycle chase is awesome. So yeah, the action was great, but you just didn't care for the uh, the uh, set you up wrong in the beginning. The what? No, if. because none of that stuff happened, so it it didn't really. No, it did happen. The motorcycle chase happened. No, 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 no. no. Everything that didn't happen was kind of oh, unnecessary. Ethan having to uh, take someone's life because that happens not it, being uh, yeah. spoiled his identity of not being John Lark. Yeah, because because it happens in the real scenario, and then he just says, "Nah, fuck it." I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna kill this random hot lady cop. Yeah, and he also definitely plays his hand almost regardless there. So it's like, what the? What's the point? Yeah. What was the point of the? the also, <laughs> it, it was also the. 
music in that whole sequence. I don't remember if it's plays in the when it's not really happening, but what it is really happening. Uh, it that is the fucking uh, Dark Knight. Um, oh, totally. score like the convoy scene. Yeah, they didn't have Giacchino this time. It's some nobody. So um, it, it kind of felt like, and not, not, although Giacchino's work has been kind of lax lately, frankly. Um, yeah, I think the last thing I enjoyed of his, like truly enjoyed of his, other than uh, Star Trek, uh, I would say it would be um, the the new Star Trek franchise uh, would be maybe Spider Man Homecoming. I, I didn't mind that; it was not as lazy as some of his other stuff. I thought that was very forgettable, as was Doctor Strange. And, and, but Doctor he's Strange good at Mission Impossible. Forgettable. He's good Rogue, at Mission Impossible. Rogue One is horrible. Rogue One, I yeah, but didn't he do that in like uh, like a week and a half after they replaced Alexandra de Plot? It doesn't matter. That's horrible. That's yeah, but he garbage. had to do it quick. I, I but, but yeah, but that's sure. Fair enough. Uh, he's he's good with the Motion Impossible team. Is all I'm saying. Danny Elfman did a better job, and he didn't do a great job either for Justice League. But he did a better job than Giacchino did for Rogue uh, Rogue One. Danny Elfman's is a little too Danny Elfman-y. You know he really? got. Fu- I would you, say Danny you know, he did that one really fast because uh, uh, stock. They they fired the uh, uh, the Palma fired Alan Silvestri because he was he was being uh, too re- like because Alan Silvestri has done like the military score a lot. It's just like uh, you're too, you're using your old material too much, and it's kind of like James Newton Howard. Uh, rest in peace. What? Uh, yeah, him James, and James Newton Howard. Rest in peace. James Newton Howard is still alive. It's sad. Are you thinking of James Horner? That's it. James Horner. Yeah. James Horner. He did, he he had like the same shit over and over again. Pretty much. There's there's the the, the avatar uh, avatar is almost entirely like pre like pre existing themes of his. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a it's like shit from Titanic at times. Yes. It's there's amazing. That song, yeah, a song by Inya that he did with her is like You're my avatar. They're like song by Leona Lewis. And you're like, what is this fucking song? It sounds like Titanic. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, speaking Fall. of women, let's talk about the uh, third woman in this movie, Julia Mead. And she returns. And did not Shell age Monaghan. super well. And um, did you like that her character was all set up by Solomon Lane in the end? It was all Solomon still doing everything, pulling all the strings. I liked... I, okay, so... There's a line in there that so the, I actually kind of would have preferred if Rebecca Ferguson and Ethan Hunt, I'm mixing actress name with character name. You're not supposed to do that in film criticism, Ballard. Um, Il, Ilsa and Ethan. Uh, it kind of implies there's romantic chemistry there, which I I, I mean I'm, I don't know that you really needed that uh, that they needed to get together, but. There is a line from Luther. He's like, hey, you know, there's only one other woman he's ever cared about, and that's R- Michelle Monaghan. She's a slut. Do you remember when he is straight up tells Sandy Newton's character he fucking loves her <laughs> in Mission Impossible 2? Oh, yeah, too? that's right. <laughs> they, really writ, uh, they really wrote out Mission Impossible 2 out of this whole other franchise. There's barely a reference to that. I mean, I'm not going to lose you! He actually says that. Just stay alive! Next movie, he lost her. <laughs> Even in the way an IMF is like set up, the way Anthony Hopkins does everything, everything goes from like actual boardrooms and like legitimate offices and like what like a real like uh, like operation would look like like this. And then M- like Mission Impossible Two is like, 
all of a sudden like slick ass fucking libraries and rich ass mansions. It's like super Michael Bay all of a sudden. I love it. It's, John <laughs> it's so Woo, stupid. Yeah. Well, something that we brought up was that yeah, Ethan has love interests, and then one is uh, Julia Mead, and the other one's Ilsa Faust. Um, I thought it was funny that uh, when they like have that conversation and they're talking, and then like Julia's husband Patrick, played by Wes Bentley, comes up. That was weird. I was like, Wes Bentley, and I was like, awesome. And I, and as soon as I saw him, I did not think he was a villain. I immediately thought, like, you are just like amazing casting. You're just the just the husband that has always known that his wife is, you know, has this dark past, and here comes the shadow. And He's it's like so Ethan. fucking positive. It's weird. I liked it, but he understood it. Like he understood it. Like because it's clear, it's clear that he's had this talk with her, because he had to have, right? There's like no way that you would like because she can't talk about a, a huge chunk of her life. It's like what'd you do the last ten years? Can't say. It's super witness protection program. I'm still not entirely sure what exactly happened to her, but whatever. They mentioned that in four that yeah. she's in like a big time witness protection program because of her connection with Ethan. I accepted the Rankow prison mission on one condition that no one could know she was still alive. So you had to fake your wife's death. As long as we're together, she can never be safe. And so that's why you don't see her again in five, and then she's brought in at the end of six. Yeah, basically, in, 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 it, it means that he's not usable as a spy because he's so vulnerable with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of her. Toss her. But she's still pretty high. She's a doctor. It's not like she's that hiding. It's just, her identity's changed. Yeah, but she's also, if you think about mobile and, yeah, her identity's changed, but mobile and in, like, you know, foreign countries like that, yeah. like, she's probably, she's not she's not on radar anymore, if anything, you know? She's mm. kind of a little bit off the radar. But I liked her inclusion in the film. I liked that they kind of brought her back. I like how they set her up to bring her back. It wasn't just, like, this complete third act, like, out of nowhere moment. It, it still kind of hits you, but it's not, like not earned it, they definitely earned it with the dream sequence in the beginning earned this she's 42 and she, she looks older than that she does she looked too old to be with tom cruise <laughs> yeah really and that fucked up he was working towards vanessa kirby the white widow apparently that was something he wanted she's 27 allegedly. i think um uh rebecca is 34 it's like uh, Maybe, maybe you're 56, Tom. Start acting. A, I, I don't know. Rebecca is 34. That's amazing. I know. I thought she was older. I don't like that she's wow. younger than me. That's kind of upsetting. One of my favorite things when Rebecca and Luther and Benji are all there when the, when Tom's meeting Julia Mead and again or coming across Julia again and meeting Julia's husband Patrick. He ended up like being like kind of essentially like they were like Ethan we gotta go and he's just like you know it's a nuke and he's just like okay and he bounced and it's a shot it's like it's exactly like what I hate about Mission Impossible 3 when Ethan's running to pop songs through traffic um it's played for last this one was played for last where you're seeing it from Julia's perspective and Ethan just sprinting away super fast out of frame and my whole audience laughed and I laughed, yeah. and it made sense. We were like, oh, yeah, what the fuck? That's the greatest thing. But her perspective, she's just seen this guy just leaving at full speed. Like, yeah. what, what Like, what would you think? Like, you're like, oh, something's bad, but he's, you, on, his, he's on his move. It's the only time I think we've ever seen Tom running from a wide shot that's locked off. Like, 
because it's always following him. So it's it frantic. Like we're he's taking us on a on a cruise. Um, yeah, it is a locked off shot. You're right. It's so a it locked. Is, it's like, yeah, it's it, how how weird it looks to just see him just like running away from the camera without the camera moving and following him. I'm not sure if that's intentionally funny, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh, I thought it was intentionally funny. There, there's comedy bits in this movie when Cavill just knocked out the Asian guy hard with a briefcase. And I got a laugh, and I was like, "That's intentional." Just like because yeah. Henry's just a brick wall. Because they didn't they didn't fucking use like uh, like like boxes to hide the fact that like Tom is like a foot shorter than him. They let him be gigantic. They did, and um, that was a real stunt guy they were fighting, so they were able to like actually throw their punches and not like have to pull them a little bit. They were able to have fun with that guy, and it was hmm. brutal on purpose, and it was brutal during filming, so they could it could show on screen and. Henry fucking cocks his arms in that scene. I mean, it's amazing. The whole yeah, scene's amazing. He's still in, he's still in Superman shape. I just want to throw a quick shout out shout out to uh, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, used to be hot, and uh, in Mission <laughs> this is a big in, deal to you. Mission Impossible. Or, 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 sorry, uh, in Mister and Mrs. Smith, she's got a nose ring and she's got glasses on, and she was so cute. And I, I have just you maybe, seen her? In, have you seen True Detective yet? Is she in that? Yeah, she's in the first season, and she gets fucked hardcore by Matthew McConaughey. Does she do nudity? Yes. Huh, I'll have to look into that. I think she even fucks Woody Harrelson's character. She's married to his character in the film, or the, sh the show. Nude. I don't know. She, she looks old in this movie. Maybe it's just because I was seeing it in the big screen, but... Oh, she's naked in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, too. She gets naked. Hmm. You don't have to travel far for it. Well, yeah, shout out to Michelle Monaghan. Felk loves you. Um, no, Felk, I, she, I, I have a quick I, question I for you. She, she's too old now. This is a question old. I wish we could have asked Noli, but we'll have to get his opinion some other time. But, Felk, I have a question to ask you before we wrap this all up. The HIV got to him first. What is the best Tom Cruise stunt in a Mission Impossible film now that we've seen six? I, I have to know, to give a firm answer, I'd have to know more about the making of procedure. Because, like I said... For reasons I can't fully explain, I rewatched MI2 after Mission Impossible 6. And when he is, does that fucking jump from run, one rock to another... If he really doesn't have a safety wire... He does. He okay, does. Okay, okay. And the, there's a net. There is a net below out of, out of frame. So he wasn't really in any. There's nothing in that filming where he does the. He's uh, never in real danger. There's always somebody ready to take care of him somewhere. Well, I mean, he broke his ankle, so he's in some danger. But he was in, he was holding on to it. Well, he actually made the jump the way he was intended on film, yeah, which is awesome. It. Because he wasn't intended to actually make the actual cross. He was always intended to slam against the side of the building. There's yeah. padding there. Yeah. But uh, uh, what he wasn't intentional was the breaking of the ankle. Um, he he's never had a, like a real serious issue with any of the stunts without being like you know attached to a cable. If he had say like missed that jump and not broken his ankle or broken his ankle and missed that jump and fallen, he had a cable to catch him. Hmm. No, no, I knew so, he had. A, I knew he had a cable. I I I. He I just, always has a cable. Uh, the, the, I mean, I'm still gonna say. There, there are, sh I mean, there are shots that are helicopter shots where it just seems like he's alone on a mountain in two. 
I'm sure those had cables attached running to the top. Mm-hmm. He and and what they probably did is they had everybody climb away and they were like, "All right, Tom, this is you for the shot." Fuck, maybe maybe the opening uh, of Rogue Nation then, because like at least he was like, even though he was attached to an airplane, he was on the outside of an airplane when it took off. That's still pretty if cool. If he had let go, I don't know how much give the rope would have had, but think about that. At that speed and and that kind of incline, if you let go, you could easily hit your head against the side of the plane and knock yourself out. I mean, that's a concussion possibly right there. And yeah. even with a t- even attached to a cable, you're still gonna you could still whack the fuck out of your head. He yeah. was not wearing a helmet, so that is a really dangerous stunt. You're absolutely right. I mean, two is still the one where. I mean, I think I, I think the timing lines up that the divorce is happening with Nicole Kidman, and he was just like. I guess I'll die making Mission Impossible 2 for this Asian. I think 2 has a little bit more insurance uh, stepping in and saying no or shoot this in a clever way because you're not getting away with this. Because the motorcycle chase in 2 is definitely Tom Cruise, but it's not as intense as what Tom Cruise is doing in Rogue Nation. Oh, now he's just like he's like his kids are old enough to like they're taken care of. He's like. Now, if I die, I die. Like, it's it's not pussyfooting around it anymore. Yeah. Um, so you're going to go with the uh, Rogue Nation uh, plane hold? Yeah, or, or the open, the mountain climbing and Mission Impossible 2. I just need to know more about how much actual danger he was in. Tom Cruise does uh, most of his own stunts, so he doesn't really need a stunt double. <laughs> but uh, we make good use of the, the other Tom Cruise. <coughs> 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 No, you're wrong. Tommy did it all by himself. No wires. He did it. So the Burj, I think, was probably the most realistic from shooting to screen because I feel like the cable he had, well, he must have had a guy cable on him, right? And he doesn't yeah. have one on him when he's walking. I mean, here. falling from the Burj Dubai is going to be no more or less lethal than falling from that rock cliff. Like, he had to yeah. have, like, some kind of protection either way. I think the Burj is just, it really freaks me out because something about being at the top of a skyscraper freaks me out. I, I don't get free, afraid of heights um, and planes usually and shit like that, but like if I'm in a skyscraper or I, oh man, I don't know what it is. It gives me goosebumps. Huh. So for me, that might be the one. If it's not that, I would say it's absolutely the helicopter shit and Fallout. That was really impressive for tom cruise that was him doing that shit with no wires that was him alone in a helicopter flying it with a camera attached to it at times or maybe a cameraman in there but like oh really Hmm. that was tom cruise flying a helicopter i didn't know how much of that was just green screen no that's really him that's really him shoot they they really shot tom cruise doing flying this helicopter because they went to new zealand purposefully to film it there because new zealand was the only country allowing them to let Tom Cruise fly a helicopter over a national park where if he crashed, he's not going to kill anybody except himself. Mm. So they were, New Zealand was like, we'll let you do it. Every other country said no fucking way. Dubai, I think was the only country that was like, absolutely. You can do a halo jump above us. Every other country said, you can't do a halo jump. You can't use our planes to do a halo jump. So Dubai was down to do that. And, um, New Zealand was down to let the helicopter chase sequence be filmed. And that's really Tom Cruise doing that helicopter shit. It really is. That's crazy. So for me, I really got on pins and needles and my feet hurt and I was sweating during the the Burj Khalifa uh, tower scroll that he does. The uh, the climbing of the windows with suction gloves that are 
battery operated and the power's falling out of him and he's running out of juice and he loses a glove and he's only got one glove to climb back. Like that shit did freak me out. Like it had me nervous as fuck. But um, that helicopter shit was really intense too and awesome. Like that was such a sick ass fucking action sequence to end the film with. Yeah, it was a really side great. fight. And the way he just crashes it, like he just like throws the helicopter into another helicopter. It's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? This is amazing. So I don't know. I'll have to go with one of those two, and you're gonna go with Mission Impossible Two and the plane hold in Rogue Nation. Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, just just honestly, he, you know, he can he can do crazy stunts. Like, but like ultimately, you can get a stunt man. You could digital do the face map. I think the best stunt thing we can see Tom do is run. And I do like that this movie has the oh. best Tom run sequence. Yeah, but I With jumps. Think he runs and jumps. I think MI3 might be the best run ever because he actually ran that long take and had to keep up the speed yeah. yelling in Chinese. And he was clocked at 17. And I think that's probably his best. Like, we're looking at, you know, like, peak Tom at that point in running. Like he was like, you got it. You have to fucking, you have to fucking clock me on this. I've worked my whole life for this goddamn shit. I did feel like this movie fallout though was a huge, like everything Tom Cruise has ever done is built up to this moment. Yeah. Everything. It was the, it was the best. I mean, if, if it's not the best running, it's like as good as the best running or almost best helicopter related thing you know he's famous for being in a cockpit controlling a aerial vehicle just not in the mission impossible thing this movie outdid that yeah and i would even say that he was great acting wise in it like he brought it for this film and he, he had ranges of emotion oh yeah it was it was it was a dramatic film at times and it was an adult film and it was a serious film and yeah. i was happy that they didn't treat me like an idiot with this movie and I didn't need to underst I didn't need to be like you know told what Kashmir is and how important of a, an area that is in the entire world and how much like you know repercussions can exist nuclearly when like you know shit goes down there between like India and Pakistan like I love that they're just like we're going to Kashmir I was just like awesome fuck mm -hmm. yeah oh dude, that's gonna that's great two nukes in Kashmir mm -hmm. that's gonna be fucking crazy mm -hmm. no, they didn't, and I love the St Paul Cathedral because it was in Paddington too um, hey Felk. What's next for the Mission Impossible franchise? Do you think there is a, like do you think there's stunts to be done? Do you think the movie would be almost ridiculous if it just tried to keep upping the ante in stunts? Do you think it Mem needs to pare itself down? Remember when um, Mission Impossible 4 which is called Mission Impossible I can't remember now. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol was being marketed as just Ghost Protocol. With Mission Impossible really small, because they're like, yeah. maybe we maybe we spin off the franchise or, or not have Tom in all the Mission Impossible movies. Maybe Jeremy Renner can take over. Or like, yeah. stop trying to make Jeremy Renner take over things. Nobody wants just Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner can be in the background. My point is, this movie is not just the best Mission Impossible movie. It's the most Tom Cruise movie ever made. It is. You're absolutely right. It, it is, is Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise the movie. This should just be called Tom Cruise 6, the final <laughs> chapter, because Tom just made the worst Tom Cruise movie. There's Tom Cruise has ever Tom Cruised, The Mummy, and now he makes the most and best Tom Cruise movie Tom has ever cruised. I think Tom just needs to retire or die, probably in a stunt for Mission Impossible 7. Mission Impossible 7 never 
never comes out. It's, they can't. They can't just Paul Walker it. There's no Tom Cruise brothers that can CGI his face on. No. Uh, so just the, the 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 only way this works is Tom Cruise dies making the next one, and then we're just that's Ugh. it. Sad. It's a sad ending. And it's got to be like the first stunt, so that um, so that they don't they don't like try to like yeah fucking Frankenstein it, and, and they just say okay, well that movie never comes out. Well, Felk, we should get into our quick cool boy ranking of all the films in the Mission Impossible franchise. So, would you like to go first, or should I? Uh, I I'll go first. Worst to best would be very easily Mission Impossible Two. Uh, I need to rewatch this to be sure. But then after Mission Impossible 2, I'm going to go ahead and say Ghost Protocol. Then I'm going to go ahead and say Yikes. 3. Then I'm going to say Rogue Nation. Then I'm actually going to say Mission Impossible because I really like the first one, even though it's, once I figured out what was happening in it, and I'm going to say the best is Fallout. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to say my number 6 is absolutely Mission Impossible 3. My number 5 is Mission Impossible. Okay. My number four is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Okay. <laughs> My number three is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, Jesus Christ. My number two is Mission Impossible 2. Rewatch Mission it. Impossible Fallout is my number one. Rewatch 2. When's the last time I've you saw watched it? 2. I watch it once a year. Are you kidding me? I love 2. I love 2. It's so dumb. 2 is the best Saturday fucking... I'm going to be lazy, and it's 11.30 a.m. on a Saturday, and I don't want to do nothing for the next two hours. I just want to watch some fucking Mission Impossible 2. <sighs> Dandy Newton's tits look great in that movie. <laughs> We've worked together for so long now, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like we, we almost finish each other's sentences, kind of. Right, I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever finished each, each other's, other's sentences. sentences. <laughs> <laughs> cool Boy Nation! Tell us what you thought about Mission Impossible Tom Cruise by emailing us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to check out episode 35 of the Cool Boys Podcast, Top Buns, to hear more about Tom Cruise, the greatest person ever to have lived on planet Earth. And our infatuation with him. New episodes of Tom Cruise come out every Tuesday. Be sure to like and subscribe to Tom Cruise on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Twitter, no, and Facebook. No, put Tom into all of those. Just put Tom into all of them on Tom's day. Like and subscribe to us on oh, iTunes. I got it. I got it. Tom. And please rate and review Tom as well. You can also donate to Tom Cruise on Patreon or receive no, additional say it, say content. It, say it. Go back and say it. Say new episodes come out every Tom's day. No, because we still need to have at least like some no one logic cares. in here. They're not going to know. Uh, um, you can also donate to Tom Cruise on Patreon and receive additional content like Tom Cruise After Dark and Tom 
commentaries. It commentaries. only costs to, uh, to Tom Cruise, and you'll receive special access to content to Tom to air. You can Ouch. find Tom Cruise on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. I gotta give the URL. Backslash Tom Cruise. <laughs> hyphen Tom Cruise. Please check out our other great Tom Cruise with Tom Cruise and Beyond, a Tom Cruise podcast on Tom Cruise, Ooh. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, and Patreon, where, where Tom Cruise has an uncensored discussion about Tom Cruise, the animated series, everything so ranging from Tom Tips to Tom Nips, and oh. all the Toms is they have, and all the Toms they have given us, and all the Tom boners. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Tom Cruise Nation. Until yeah. next time, it's Bizies from Tom Cruise Felk. And that's Bizies from Tom Cruise Ballard. I like that. We should do a real Tom and Beyond, a, like a Cool Boys podcast. We a whole, a whole podcast dedicated to Tom and Cruise News News Cruise. Just gibberish? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just gibberish with Tom Cruise in it. And, awesome. and, and also Bizies from Nolan, who can't, wouldn't be here because he has Tom Cruise AIDS. Oh, get better, big guy. If you gotta have AIDS, that's the kind to have. Gives you speed. <laughs> yeah, you just run all the time. <laughs> Too dangerous stunts. You are standing American boy. You will be curled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Noli will not be joining us this week. Felky Claus, why? Why are you taking our Noli boy? Why? But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Well, my sweet little pal, Bell, there is a light on this Noli that won't light on one side. So I'm taking him to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix him up there, and then I'll bring him back here. And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head, and he got her a drink, and he sent her to bed. Get some cool boys. <laughs> <laughs> so serious.